0: Two percent, two percent, two percent.
1: Uh, the two percent's right over here.
0: Oh, hey, Jenna. I didn't know you shopped here. Uh, yeah,
1: anything to support local food. Know what I mean?
0: I definitely do. Though that's not the only thing you do in the name of Good Eats, obviously.
1: Well, true. I also host Eating Matters every Wednesday at 5 p.m. where we talk about food policy and how it impacts all of us. Be sure to tune in. All right, gotta get the plug in there. I get it. Yep, I'm hashtag shameless. You know what else you can
0: do to support the local food community, right?
2: Well, yeah. Make a donation to Heritage Radio
1: Network, the world's pioneer food radio station.
0: That's right. And I
2: gotta call you out on the whole local thing. What do you mean? Well, the Farm Report, A Taste of the Past, Japan Eats—those are shows that take you around the country and the world.
1: I'll give you that. So, how can listeners give their support?
2: It's pretty easy. Just go
0: to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the big red heart in the top right corner. It's
1: pretty easy from there. Thanks.
2: Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com.
0: This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Robertus in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Shingo Gokam, who is the director at Angel's Share, a legendary Japanese-style cocktail bar in East Village, and the founder of Speak Low, an award-winning cocktail bar in Shanghai. Also, Shingo was recognized as the best bartender of the world in 2012. We'll talk about how Shingo reached that remarkable status and why Japanese whiskey is so popular now and fascinating uh, speakeasy by Shingo in Shanghai and much more. So uh, hello, Shingo. Welcome to Japanese.
0: Hello. My name is Shingo Gokan.
1: (laughs) Okay. So um, uh, first of all, how did you get into bartending?
0: Well, um, that was a long time ago uh, when I was 18. in japan i was looking for part-time job and i wanted to make uh something i I wanted to do something like chef or pastry chef or bartender Mm -hmm. and then i found a job of bartender
1: okay so (laughs) pastry chef was an interesting idea but um okay so so then you started working as a bartender in tokyo tokyo or yes uh
0: well it's right next to tokyo it's called kawasaki Mm -hmm. uh it's my hometown
1: right so what kind of place was it
0: it was high volume, uh, kanaka kind of like izakaya uh, slash dining bar. Mm. Uh, more than 150 seats. We make, yeah, we were making cocktails like more than two, three,
1: four hundred a day. Oh wow! Okay, and then you were making a classic cocktail?
0: Yeah, at a time, uh, the bar cocktail scene was totally different. Um, you know not many people making craft drink at a day. Mm-hmm. So we just yeah, we, we we just making okay creative drink and and classic drinks.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how long did you work there?
0: Uh, I was there for a couple of years and I moved to small bar called Potluck also in my hometown Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. It was much more smaller bar and we more focused on uh using fresh fruit, Japanese fresh fruit ingredients mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of infusion stuff. So it was new uh, back in 2002, uh, 2003.
1: Uh, mm, okay, so it's kind of a step up and maybe getting ready for coming to New York.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Right, but um, why, how, well, friend and why how you came to New York?
0: Well, uh, one of our customers, uh, he had a business in New York and he he just, he told me, Somehow he said, if you go to New York, you're probably going to success. Okay. And I say, okay, I want, I'll try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, is that simple? Yeah. Alright, So you, I'm sure you wanted to come to New York anyways.
0: Yeah, but uh, I didn't have any skill. I mean, I just have a skill of basic Japanese bartending, and and I didn't speak any English at the time. So mm. I I started... T- learning about tea technique, uh, which is called Sado, like Japanese tea ceremony, mm. and also um, uh, sherry, uh, Spanish fortified wine huh. technique and knowledge. So that's why I went to uh, Spain to learn sherry.
1: Mm, interesting. So
0: before I come to New York.
1: Why? But I understand the tea ceremony elements because you can be a little unique. But why sherry? Well.
0: Uh, I mean, also at the time, uh, not many people know about sherry. Uh, not many bartenders using sherry for the cocktail, mm. and even sommelier doesn't really know how, you know, how to use sherry as well. So it was like a kind of like an in-between island mm. between bartender item and the sommelier item. Mm. So, and then I went to some small sherry bar in Japan. I impressed because uh, I didn't know any of the bottle at a, you know, back bar. So. And using a uh, venencia technique. Have you ever heard about it? Yes. Using a like, long stick to pour over <laughs> sherry. like right, uh, from high
1: ceiling height. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: So, and then I, yeah, I kind of impressed all the uh, history, you know, taste and technique. And then, yeah, kind of into it.
1: Mm. I'm curious, uh, what does it do? You know, the really, like, you raise your arm and then pour yeah, sherry exactly, into yeah. a small glass, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, Is so it kind of a more oxidized
0: Yes uh sherry. yeah you get a lot of aeration to your sherry mm-hmm. and yeah it's yes, pretty much mm. and you know it looks super cool.
1: Right, it's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. Um okay and then you came to New York i heard it was 2006 it was yeah. 10 years ago right. Mm-hmm. So um where did you work and um, because you didn't speak english you said at all.
0: Yeah, uh, I started working at a place called Lan, uh, which already shut down, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, was in his village. Yeah, it is in It was in his village. Yeah, village. Uh, they focus on uh, meat, uh, so they have a good steak, uh, shabu shabu, sukiyaki, this kind of stuff, mm. and and sushi. So you know, like ten years ago, it's kind of different <laughs> restaurant scene as well, right? So they, yeah, they had a bar. In the restaurant, so I, I was in charge of the uh, bar section without mm. any English
1: <laughs> i I have to say, I like the food because now the chef Akiyama, yes. is at uh, Sakamai yeah, in the exactly. east side right yeah. so i was yep. I'm so a big fan of his food.
0: Yeah, the first time when I was there, it was really surprised, you know, oh, this is Japanese food, but New York style. it was very surprised for me mm. so,
1: yeah. okay, and then uh, but eventually you started working at uh, Angel's share
0: yes uh actually as soon as i came here i applied in chef mm-hmm. applied and chef but uh again i didn't speak in english and uh i had i didn't have a, any experience in uh new york bartender so mm-hmm. i kind of you know they kind of reject me <laughs> and then uh yeah my friend uh he's also chef uh, humio yonezawa he's uh, uh now ex- executive chef of George tokyo mm-hmm. so he used to work land so he introduced me to
1: now yeah. a history! <laughs> land is a great place yeah right many graduates okay so so then um so just joined angel share but um let's talk about angel shares because i think um, it's such a legendary bar iconic bar for i think for those who, is, who are interested in japanese style cocktails so what is angel share
0: Yes, uh, as you said, yeah, it's been quite old, uh, 22 years old uh, bar. Uh, it's a uh, concept behind is uh, the owner, our owner, uh, Tony Yoshida, got inspiration from a Yokohama Bar, which mm-hmm. is the birthplace of a, a Japanese bar scene. Mm-hmm. So he took the idea from Yokohama Bar. So uh, it's I think it was very new uh, back in 1994, speak easy style. He built a a restaurant called Yokocho, Mm -hmm. uh, Yakitori place, and Yakiniku place, and a bar in the same area. Right. So So it's a
1: nice village. uh, It's the village Yokocho. Yes. Right in Stuyvesant Street. Yes. Right. Okay. So it's a part of the Japanese kind of shop restaurant complex. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, um, it's if you go there, you go upstairs yes right and it's kind of a hidden speakeasy Mm -hmm. so still the spirit is there yes right okay and uh, well I was looking at uh, some uh, the background of uh, um, the Angel share and it was rated as the second best bar in America by GQ magazine in 2010 which is you know after those years it's amazing they maintain uh, that kind of reputation and her celebrities uh, beyonce jay-z cameron diaz um noah jones natalie Poblan, Buke, bill murray who, who you name it so it's kind of like a celebrity place too
0: well uh yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. okay um so what was the biggest challenge in working at uh, angel's share
0: um again I didn't have any experience uh in the u.s because the training is very different uh it's it's really hard to hire the people all the time without you know, without uh English and and uh, the products was different, the equipment was different mm-hmm. and the customer's preference was different. So everything was very new for me, so uh I don't know what was easiest part. <laughs> everything was super hard <laughs> at the right. time.
1: But it's just a good because I you know, I think people say, especially bartenders from both countries, they say Japanese and American style cocktails are very different. So, you said um, of course the spirits you use may be different, but style-wise are they very different?
0: Uh, yeah, the style-wise uh, the biggest difference I think is uh, the speed and volume. Mm. Because uh, here in New York, I mean here the US uh, so many people drink order cocktail and and drink very quick. <laughs> <laughs> in Japan, not many people order cocktail, uh, uh, and the, each place is pretty small, so it can take more time to make drink. Mm. So I think that's the biggest difference. The reason that's why uh, the drink itself is pretty different as well.
1: Mm. So the quicker, easier to make here than now in Tokyo.
0: I won't say easier, but uh, it's much more quicker, and operation is different, and uh, kind of method is different, and mm. equipment is different. So,
1: to facilitate the speed of making, yes. perhaps. Wow. Okay. Um. I mean, by the way, that the Japanese bars tend to be, like it's said, smaller and quieter.
0: Yeah, kind it of. is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, like a hush-hush kind yes. of, right. <laughs> Okay, so um, so in 2012, uh, you won a major prize in the global cocktail community and uh, you were the winner of the 2012 Bacaldi Global Legacy Cocktail Competition. It was uh, organized by the spirit maker Bacaldi, of course, and it was celebrating its 150th anniversary. So it was a big deal.
0: Yes, it was a big deal, yeah. That was uh, one of the biggest cocktail competition in the world. And
1: Hmm. Now, how many bartenders competed for the prize?
0: Uh, I think it was 10,000 people. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's, it's uh, global. So it started in the U.S., New York, U.S., and then eventually...
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right, And they gathered in, uh, I think it's Miami.
0: It was in Puerto Rico.
1: Oh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, um, so why do you think you became the number one bartender?
0: Well, um... I, I was lucky, uh, very lucky, and, and yeah, I,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and I've been practice for a long time. You know, uh, I, I've been doing for already ten years at a time. So I probably be, the technical wise, I think it's just the experience. Mm. But um, uh, eventually, yeah, it was. I was super lucky.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh you know it's like I know you you've been lucky but those other like I heard that there are eight finalists, everybody was lucky to get to the point but
0: well, but reason why I said lucky because uh I was super nervous on the stage and um and I was talking about uh tsunami uh japan, earthquake thing is in japan mm. um oh,
1: that, was, uh, right yeah, that was right after yeah it was right
0: after and uh, i but it, Even uh, the things happened, I couldn't go back to Japan because I had a visa issue at the time. Ah. So I was talking about this kind of thing on the stage and I always start crying. (laughs) And then I couldn't really uh, talk about the cocktail. I kind of lost my time Mm. because usually you have to make the drink, uh, prepare the drink, making the drink, presenting drink Mm. and serve the drink and clean up in 10 minutes, but mm. I use five minutes to, you know, talk about this thing <laughs> and crying. And when I started serving the drink, uh, it was already, time is almost over, mm. but rest of the finalists from UK, Germany, uh, Netherlands guys, uh, jumping on the stage and clean up for me.
2: Oh, wow. Uh,
0: so, yeah, it was super emotional uh, stage and competition and everyone was crying and crying and yeah, screaming, hey, hurry up, hurry up! Right. It was uh, yeah, the best moment we've ever had. Right.
1: So the the other seven finalists, they could have won with if they didn't help you. Oh yeah! Wow.
0: Yeah, that, that's why I say yeah, I was super lucky. Mm.
1: Yeah. But I I noticed uh, the cocktail culture, like the community, is very um, supportive, mutually. I'm yeah. always fascinated by bartenders. They, they are really, I feel sometimes jealous. They're so close to each other.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's the best industry.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah there's a camaraderie. It's yeah, like it's among it's everybody. A,
0: yeah, it's very warm. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Do you think it's even more stronger in America in terms of the close, closeness?
0: Well, mm, I don't know. It's... I think Europe is pretty strong as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Japan, I'm not sure. I don't think it's strong as US and Europe
1: Mm. yet. Okay, because I think uh, cocktail culture is a bit more formal.
0: Yes, it is. And uh, they have a lot of uh, different type of uh, association. Mm -hmm. So they have more community in the association. Ah, So I think this is why.
1: Right. Okay. So that's great, the American culture. And I think, uh, you know, the tales of... uh, uh, Tales of Cocktail, yes. which happened uh, just last week. Yes, right? it was. So that's the uh, national, I think, international cocktail bartenders, uh, the whole gathering annually in New Orleans. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, strengthening that culture.
0: Yes, yeah, that's for sure. That's the biggest uh, cocktail bar show festival in, in the world. Mm. It was like more than 10, 10 years we've wow. been doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so anyway so the um, now I have so many questions today for you mm. so the so of course the winning cocktail that's speak low um, I heard that uh, uh, the inspiration came from uh, your grandmother's tea ceremony mm-hmm. so what is uh, the cocktail
0: uh, it was Bacardi cocktail commission, so you have to use Bacardi superior at the time mm. so using that as a base and also using dark rum uh, mm. Different type of Bacardi and sherry, which is uh, also my uh, background, my mm. specialty, right. and tea, which is also I learn uh, before I come to New York. So I use Bacardi and two of my signature ingredients, mm. and pretty much that's it. So super, pretty super simple right. uh, drink, mm. and um, yeah, I wanted to make totally different drink because uh, uh, like Dai Kri, Pina Colada, uh, Cuba Libre. this kind of legacy drink is always there. So mm. I wanted to make something totally different from these uh, classic drinks.
1: Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm curious. I wonder I could taste it because uh, the bitterness of matcha and some like umami element and the cherries. Yeah. Right? Distinctive, like uh, some acidic flavor. Right. Okay. And uh, Spiglo, why do you call it Speaklow?
0: Um, A few reasons Uh, When I name the drink uh, I Sometimes take the jazz title Mm -hmm. Uh, So Speak Low Is one of my favorite songs And um, also uh, When you Have a uh, tea ceremony Nobody speaks loud Mm -hmm. More speak low Speak uh, quiet And and, um, Yeah so that's, That's nice,
1: why. right? Okay, great. So, uh, and then after the competition, um, do you think uh, your life has changed?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, it changed a lot. Mm.
1: Mm. So how?
0: Well, uh, first of all, uh, I get uh, more chance to travel around the world uh, mm. to do uh, guest bartending events uh, seminars, uh, party, consulting job. Um, open a business in other country, mm. so yes, that's uh, the biggest change. And right. so this it's
1: uh, with Bacardi and with that because you are recognized as number one partner in the world.
0: Well, uh, right after the winning, yes, I was traveling with Bacardi a lot. But mm. now uh, it's I'm doing with different brands sometimes, mm. uh, but mainly Bacardi. But doing sometimes with different brands, uh, doing. With uh, chefs, uh, myself, yeah, doing
1: mm. different stuff. Right. These days. That's exciting. Yeah, before the show, you showed me how you've been traveling, and it's amazing. You <laughs> okay. are spinning all around the world. So, my congratulations. Thank you. Hi. Um, so, the, as the top partner of the world, what is special about being a partner?
0: Well... Um, again uh these days the bar scene is getting bigger and bigger uh, so it's not just about making drink these days it's more about uh, like entertainment and creating a new product uh, uh, speaking uh, speaker as a you know seminarist uh, boot the great bar creating the new good, good drink uh, good menu like there's so many a uh, categories of The good bartenders. Mm. So I think it's kind of like a more artist slash businessman slash bartender. So Mm. it's kind of getting changing bigger these
1: things. Nice, interesting. And also, of course, you get to see a lot of uh, people and uh, many places in the world.
0: Yes, that's how I get inspiration too.
1: Okay. And uh, what is your philosophy in making uh, great cocktails? In other words, uh, what is the key to become a great bartender, in your opinion?
2: Mm.
0: I guess um, sometimes people ask me, do you change the balance in th- each countries?" And I say no, because, uh, I, for example, if I go to Bangkok, uh, people say, do you make it a little bit sweeter? Mm. I say no, because I've never... Grew up in Bangkok, so I don't know what they exactly that taste. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, in Tokyo, they don't drink sweet, so they, But I don't. I don't make drier for them. So whatever uh, I make the drink, I I believe myself to to make the balance. Mm. So I don't really adjust uh, each countries. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I would say, make properly and leave yourself. Mm,
1: yeah. Right. So in other words, pe- you may um educating um, global palate by having a standard in a e- way. Yes. Yeah. OK. Great. And then uh, do you think of your Japanese background in developing cocktail recipes? Like you used it uh, much uh, mm-hmm. in the Bacardi competition.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Japan. I spend time here in New York, and uh, outside of Japan these days. But yeah, I grew up in Japan. I and Japan has uh, you know such a great herbs and fruits and a lot of ingredients. So mm-hmm. my yeah the base of my bartending uh, career technique style is different. Um,
1: yeah, Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. So uh, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about Shingo's amazing speakeasy in Shanghai. So please stay with us.
2: Koren's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and tours. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table, be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit corin.com.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Japanese broadcasting live promo studio, uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Shingo Gokan, who is the director of Angel's Share, a legendary Japanese cocktail bar in East Village, and the founder of uh, Speak Low, an award winning cocktail bar in Shanghai. Also, Shingo was recognized as the world best bartender in 2012. So, um, now, four years after you passed, uh, uh, passed since your baccalaureate competition and uh you have a wonderful bar in shanghai called speak low of course speak low of yes. the, the title of the character where you won so um we'll um we'll talk about the details in a moment but in why in shanghai
0: yes uh, i know it's weird uh, a lot of people ask me why in shanghai um, the reason why uh, I have a business partner. She's Chinese, mm-hmm. and uh, also second ball It's close to my hometown, which is Tokyo. It's only two hours flight, mm. and the cocktail scene was just developing uh, two years ago when we opened the bar. Ah. So uh, the bar scene is is bigger and bigger, and uh, as you know, economy is was very good. I mean, mm-hmm. still good, and a very international city. And when I was there first time, I kind of feel that the first time when I come to New York, it's like a lot of energy and very international. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, what is the concept of uh, Siklo?
0: So uh, the main concept of Siklo is uh, what if... uh, Prohibition era was happening in Shanghai 1920s. Mm. So it's like a 1920s of like old uh, Shanghai mixed with uh, American prohibition era. Mm. So the first floor there's a four-level building, small building. Mm, the first wow. floor is um, uh, bar to shop. We're selling bar equipment, small bar, and when you slide the door of a cocktail bookshelf, where you see the tunnel.
1: Oh wow!
0: upstairs. <laughs> there's a casual bar, and another bar on another hidden bar on third floor. Another hidden bar on fourth floor. Mm. So it's like a three times speakeasy. easy.
1: Right. Wow. Bar. So, we is it in the middle of Shanghai? Like I've never been there, but
0: yes, uh, it is kind of middle. Uh, I would say West Village. Okay. New York ish right. uh, it is pretty little bit yeah it is center a uh, lot of uh, the young people and great bar and cafe restaurant
1: hmm. so it's a uh, relaxed but uh, slightly high-end yeah exactly Right. okay so it opened in June 2012 2014
0: June 2 yeah June right. 2014
1: okay so it's still very new um, so the You know, you said the second floor is uh, kind of casual, but the third floor, um, I heard it's more exclusive.
0: Yes. uh, Kind of like between uh, a little bit more uh, formal than Angel Share, Mm -hmm. and no standing drink, and smaller 20 seats only, and, um, yeah. And, yeah, a little bit more interesting drink. It takes more time, Mm. and Kind like of a Japanese style slash European style type of bar.
1: Mm, like uh, I would say, like London. Kind yeah. Of like, kind of more slightly formal. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I think I read something. You have to be a member to be at the uh, bar.
0: On fourth floor, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, the fourth floor is bottle uh, the bottle service bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only have a uh, thirty two lockers, and you put in the. Put your own lock, own whiskey, with your own key.
2: Mm.
1: How can you can you become a member?
0: Well, again, it's there's only 32 uh, lockers, so it can't take a you know everyone who asking us. So we just uh, offering the people who comes to speak low often and love the whiskey. So kind of we we offer the people mm, by invitation,
1: Okay, and uh, what's the membership fee? I'm curious. We
0: don't we don't take membership fee. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it's a
1: really like a community.
0: Yeah, I don't like to say VIP. We call our friends and family.
1: Hmm. So
0: we don't take any membership fee. We don't take any cover charge. Okay. But the bottle is quite pricey, but we we choose our very uh, rare and. And very good selection of whiskey.
1: Mm. So all the members are from Shanghai or...
0: Uh, it's pretty mixed. Mm. Uh, local, yeah. and
1: Maybe and some expatriates and yeah. those people. Wow. Oh, it must be such a scene to be there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, so the what kind of cactus do you serve there?
0: Um, depends on the floor. Uh, second floor is, again, it's a bit ca- casual. So... It's kind of like a, a simple classic twist drink, mm. um, but still kind of interesting. So, like a um, kind of a New York uh, style type of drink. Mm. And
1: for instance,
0: uh, but summertime we mainly rum and uh, agave based uh, focus on, and wintertime uh, more whiskey focus. Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it
0: depends on season.
1: Right. And then, uh, so, so you have like the more casual style, and then you have the more formal, that's mm. on the third floor. Yes. Right. Okay. Interesting that, why did you come up with that multi-concept?
0: Well, uh, we found a location, and I was thinking uh, how we can... Uh, bring people to upstairs because no elevator and walk up fourth floor, or third floor is quite hard mm. so I was thinking how we can uh, how people can uh, feel comfortable to go to upstairs so then I was thinking to a uh, little bit kind of make to to change the grade to go to upstairs right. and people kind of feel happy to go to upstairs
1: right. <laughs> you be proud <laughs> instead of getting tired yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, that's so smart Okay, um, so uh, customer-wise, you know, that's not the exclusive members, but uh, are they from all over the place?
0: Yes, pretty much. Uh, 50%, I would say Chinese, and 50% non-Chinese. Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay, so how's the business in Shanghai? Is it hard to do it? Or
0: It is hard to do it, but uh, we have a Shanghainese partner, and he speaks uh, local languages. Mm. So I don't speak any Shanghainese, I speak very limited mandarin mm. but uh i think you have if you have a business in shanghai you should speak uh, at least mandarin for sure and chinese will be better
1: mm, yeah. so you studied chinese before you you opened the bar um, a
0: okay. little bit that <laughs> <Yeah, not> much <laughs> wow
1: that's a commitment great okay and uh so now I really want to talk about Japanese whiskies because it's very popular now. And for instance, I hear that uh, all bartenders are fighting for single malt whiskey called Yamazaki uh, from Santori, actually. And Suntory has been a sponsor, so it's not a promotion, but just purely, um, I hear the bartenders are fighting for it.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: and I think I checked that even the price. So twelve years, it's around hundred dollars. And 18 years, $450, and 25 years, $4,000. So that kind of crazy supply and demand things going on. So why do you think Japanese whiskey is so popular now? Uh,
0: Yeah. I I mean I didn't even know the price of Yamazaki that that much high now.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's just a snapshot.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, the reason why uh, I mean simply tastes great. very easy to drink, smooth, but uh, still different from uh, uh, scotch. Some of the it's not too, not too too uh, smoky, not too uh, intense, mm. um, but still have a very strong character. Mm. So,
1: so the so the scotch is more like so it's not too peaty or like one style, and in Japanese well, it's more like
0: it is. But scotch has more. Uh, different range and different type of scotch, so mm. uh, yeah, it's. I mean, the water is different, so and the uh, air is different, humidity is different, so that makes a difference. Mm. Um,
1: so, water is uh, harder in Japan, yeah. right, than in Scotland, right? Okay, so just so that the taste texture gets harder, but I think kind of smoother, right? The Japanese whiskey tend to be a little slightly smoother. Yeah. From uh, the blending, I guess. Or, I don't know, how much distilling. selling?
0: I don't know. I've never made whiskey before, but somehow, yeah, the texture is different, too, mm. and yeah, aroma is very different.
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, whereas bourbon, it's more like, uh, you know, it's like uh, in good ways, more, more coarse. Yeah, of, uh, the
0: bourbon is, is different uh, ingredients, so uh, the different tasting uh, profile, totally made, made from uh, corn, made from rye, made from uh, you know, different type of wheat. So it is tastes very different.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, um, I heard that the reason Japanese whiskey became suddenly really popular is that um, there's an influential uh, Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. And in 2015, uh, he awarded uh, Santori uh, Yamazaki Shirekas 2013 as the world whiskey of the, uh, the world whiskey of the year, scoring 19 uh, 97.5 out of 100. So that's like overnight, it became really the popular item. <laughs> so okay, and uh, so how differently do you serve? Uh, do you use a uh, Whiskies, like Japanese whiskies, compared to like Scotch or you know bourbon, in cocktails. How? Yeah, like you know, uh, I heard like usually bourbon is mixed in cocktails.
0: Well, it depends on the bourbon. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the craft bourbon is I, I definitely enjoy it by itself um, with with ice without ice. Mm. I think it depends on the product, depends okay. on the quality. Mm. Yeah.
1: So there's no general rule.
0: I don't think so, yes.
1: Okay, right. Because, uh, you know, um, I started to see different Japanese whiskeys, not from just Santori, but in many places. So if uh, our listeners got a bottle, you know, mm-hmm. do you have any suggestion how to serve? Well,
0: yeah, again, different. Uh, it depends on the, um, the product and brands. But uh, I I prefer... uh, Normally, when I drink Japanese whiskey, I enjoy just neat by itself or Mm. adding a little bit of water to uh, pop up, you know, open up the flavor and aroma. Um, I I normally enjoy uh, room temperature and Mm. straight and touch of water Mm. and paired with some nice sweets Mm. or like cured meats or something.
1: Okay. Like, um... The other day I was speaking with uh, the Brandy uh, Libraries, uh, the Flavian, the owner, and he said uh, it's it's better to taste neat or just a touch of water slowly because Japanese whiskies tend to open up slowly, and it's not never drink as a shot because you completely waste experience. Mm. So yeah,
0: I agree with that. Mm. Yeah, I don't do shot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, and uh, he also said that because of uh, you know different kind of layered blending, mm-hmm. so you have to wait until those each layer comes out That's and true, then yes. it mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, so are there any other Japanese whiskeys that, that, you know, the labels that uh, our listeners should know about?
0: Um, I really like uh, Ichiro's malt, mm-hmm. uh, it's, there's a few products importing to, to New York, it is it is very small brand. Uh, it's only a couple of hours drive from tokyo located in saitama mm-hmm. uh it's only around 10 people running the distillery wow. uh, still globally they're super popular mm-hmm. i think the reason why they they ground their own uh barley they make their own barrel wow. and and all, all the process is very very detailed mm-hmm. and i i've been there before it was it was fantastic, this theory. Wow.
1: Beautiful. It's like very artisanal. Yes. handmade. right, So it's uh, Ichiro's mold. It's like a baseball player Ichiro's Ichiro's. Yeah, mold.
0: same name, but different guys. Okay. <laughs>
1: that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, any other brands that uh, uh, listeners can maybe find at the store?
0: Uh, the Ichiro's molds.
1: Yeah. Oh, the, something else?
0: Uh, something else. <sighs> mm. Nika is the other... Uh, Biggest, one of the other uh, biggest uh, Japanese whiskey brands, mm-hmm. Nikka whiskey.
1: Right. Okay. Mm. So I think they have a uh, Miyagikyo or the Takezuru. I I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Miyagikyo, right? Taketsuru, Yoichi. Okay.
1: Yes. So these are new these ones. Are, yes. Right?
0: From Nikka to Siri
1: mm. Okay. So but they chose malt that's more artisanal friendly. Yeah. I would say. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, and then uh, of course they are all single malt.
0: Uh, not old, but yes, most, most of them. them, yes.
1: Okay, right. And uh, well, I think I checked uh, where you can find it. Uh, I found uh, quite a few at Chelsea, Winebolt, Astor Wine and Spirits, uh, Landmark, Sherry Lehman, Wine and Spirits, Morel, Ambassador Wine and Spirits, all those great, big, big stores. So anyways, um, so do you see any trend in the cocktail world right now? Like, you know, it's one time I think there is uh, gin. And then what's happening right now?
0: Well, uh, spirits-wise, uh, I think still mezcal is very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and American craft whiskey, rye, bourbon is also popular as well. And um, I think in Europe, uh, cavados is getting popular, I would say.
1: Interesting.
0: Like uh, apple brandy from Normandy, mm-hmm. uh, it is getting popular. Um well and Japanese whiskey is is always been popular these days. Uh, but in terms of style, I think um, uh, so many new styles are coming up in the last few years, mm. like full of garnish and molecular, different type of technique and all that. But I think in these couple of years, it probably uh, as, at least this year, is it's like a Back to the basic mm. and like recreate, rethink about uh, the good thing.
1: Mm. Like
0: it's not too, too creative. It's kind of like a try to make great drink instead of uh, doing a lot of experimental. Ah, okay. Yeah. So
1: great and interesting. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're back to the classic. Yeah. Right. That's a good thing, right. and probably for that reason, uh, good products is really becoming more important.
0: Well, yeah, good product, of course, and um, and detail, mm. yeah, like uh. how you make the juice, and you know, like like a lot of small detail, how what kind of ice you use, what kind of glassware you use, and you know, using uh. Like, the basic technique, but more like detail.
1: Mm, sounds like a tea ceremony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, so I'm just curious that you've been working in different cities now. So what's special by um, you know being working as a bartender in New York versus, say, Tokyo or Shanghai?
2: Hmm.
0: I think New York. I think it's very important to make drink quickly because mm. everyone doesn't have really time. <laughs> so New York minute. Yeah. So you, the speed is very very important here, mm-hmm. and also uh, there's so many of uh, uh, interesting ingredients, herbs, fruits is around. Mm. So um, the product is it's everywhere so easy to make create the new things and catch up new things but in shanghai the product is very limited mm. uh, not many but uh different type of brands not many type of fruits and herbs
1: mm. so Is that because of uh regulation
0: i think it's because of the regulation wow yeah. so it is hard to create the drink and then hard uh, to bring from New York style, mm. but you know that kind of uh, situation make you more creative sometimes. Right. You know what I mean. So that is that one of the difference. Japan is very different because um, the culture is different. The cocktail culture is very different because Shanghai doesn't really have a cocktail culture, but yeah. Japan has such a long culture to have a cocktail. Mm. So. Uh, the image of the bar and cocktail is different
1: right yeah. so uh, it's very interesting that you just jumped into the right moment in Shanghai where the culture is being built yeah I think so oh, Right. Mm. okay and uh, now you have a career as bartender for 15 years so what is your plan for the future
0: well I uh, would uh, love to open the bar in New York mm. uh, I was waiting day. for you to
1: say that <laughs> I hope so
0: one day, and also uh, opening the bar in Tokyo too. Mm. Uh, and that's my hometown, so why not?
1: Right.
0: And then, yeah, we'll see. Okay,
1: <laughs> so do you have any plan, timeline for your New York bar, and Tokyo uh,
0: bar? in Tokyo? In a couple of years, I hope. Okay. But it takes, you know, as you know, a long time here, a lot of regulation, a mm. lot of rules, a lot of licenses. Right. So I, I hope in a couple of years,
1: I hope so, too. Yeah. Hopefully sooner, even. And uh, meanwhile, where can we uh, taste your cocktails in New York?
0: Um, I think it's your Share. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So if we get lucky when you're not tra- traveling. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you for joining us today. Shangga. My pleasure. Hi. And thank where you. can we find your information about, you know, like your plans, your Shanghai bar?
0: Um, I don't know. Uh,
1: so the Speak Slow. Uh, okay,
0: yeah. you just uh, the website. Yeah, uh, well, Speak Slow. We have a Facebook page. We okay. don't. We don't have our official uh, website, but we have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and. Uh, we have a lot of information on online.
1: So, okay, yes. great. Yeah. All right. So, uh, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at org, and you can sign up for our newsletter to get fun updates and event information at the bottom of our homepage. Japanese is live at 3, 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at org, iTunes, and Stitcher podcasts. And uh, our engineer is David tatashi and thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.
2: Thanks for listening to this program on Heritage Radio Network.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network.